So I want to get into the message this morning. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 50. We're starting a new year. We're going to go to the book of beginnings. And I want to talk to you a little bit about about keeping your heart clean in 2023. I want you to keep your heart free and pure so that you can receive everything that God wants to bring into your life. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And uh, I think that's the thing I have resolved to keep before my life this year is that my heart would stay clean. And if my heart is clean, Matthew says, Jesus says in Matthew, he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. How many people in the room want to see God in 2023? I want to see God and I want to see him move in this place. I want to see him move in my family. I want to see him do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or imagine. And so I want my heart to be pure so that my vision can be pure. Because there are a lot of people who have sight, but they're blind. And I don't want to be a person who can see with my natural eyes and be blind spiritually. And so I want to keep my heart clean. So Genesis chapter 50, I'm going to start um, in verse 15. And this is what the Bible says there. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. I want this to be the way people feel when they're around me, in my presence, that there's no reason to be afraid. Yeah, he said, Don't be afraid, for I am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. Amen. They didn't deserve what he gave them, but he did it anyway. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We ask over these moments we have together that you would speak clearly to us. We want to be transformed and changed. We didn't come to church on the first day of the year to just get together and have a good time. Although we are here together and we are having a good time, we came to be empowered by your word so that our lives could start different than the way we came, could change. We want to be different when we leave than how we walked in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. I love this about Joseph. One of the reasons that Joseph was in the position he was in is because no matter what you put Joseph through, God could trust him to keep his heart clean. So many different situations that Joseph went through. And even if you're in this room and you've not been saved very long, you're probably familiar with Joseph because you probably watched the Prince of Egypt. Okay. All right. So there's this first service is going to be a hard one. I, I figure it's the way it's going to be. Okay. So you, you, you might know the story and you might not. Joseph was... Uh, one of a few brothers, and the Bible says that as Joseph was growing up, he had these dreams that his brothers and his family were going to serve him, and the family hated him because of that. His brothers were going to kill him. They ended up putting him in a 
pit and trying to decide what they were going to do with his life. And then they decided, okay, instead of killing him, we're going to sell him into slavery. They literally trafficked their own brother. He finds himself in Egypt. He begins to make some progress in Egypt. He gets accused of raping a woman. He's thrown into prison because of this accusation. His life is is constantly, it seems like, for the first few years of it, in turmoil, in tragedy, and things are not going his way. But the thing that you see throughout the story of Joseph is he has this ability that even when things are happening to him that shouldn't be happening to him, he's done nothing to deserve them, he keeps his heart clean. And he's able to find himself ministering and using his gifts in every season of his life. He even finds a way to use the gift that God put on his life in prison. It's an amazing thing. And so he gets promoted to second in command in all of the kingdom and all the land of Egypt. And God is using him. And all of a sudden, the land starts to experience a famine. And his brothers, who sold him into slavery, come to him for help. And when they, when they first get to him, they don't know that it's him. He recognizes them, the Bible says, but they don't recognize him. And he, he, he puts them under a test for a little while to see where their heart is. Because the truth is, he's really trying to find out if his father is still alive. And then they go through this whole process. And then finally, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And they've been living together and flourishing together. And then all of a sudden, her, their father passes away. And the brothers now assume that because dad is gone then he's going to get at us the way he always wanted to get at us, but he wasn't getting at us because dad was still alive. Is there anybody in the room that, that, that just like there, there are people in your life and you, you know that the only reason they're behaving is because they are afraid of the circumstances uh, or the situation that they are currently in. And if they were not currently in that situation, they would probably be behaving a completely different way. When the cat's away, right, the mouse... The mice play, right? So he, they're, they're just assuming, like all of us would assume, that now that the father is gone, this guy is going to do to us what he's always wanted to do to us. And Joseph shocks them and surprises them. He's like, I'm, I'm not God. That's not for me to decide. The only thing I can give to you is what God has given to me, and that's his grace, his forgiveness. That's his blessing. He's put me in a position of blessing so that I could bless you. I'm here today, and he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I love this because the perspective that you have about a situation determines how you handle it. And I would, I would say this to you, that you will not be able to handle 2023 properly or what happens to you or comes your way in 2023 properly until you see it correctly. And your level of being able to deal with offenses is the same level that God is able to elevate you. And here's what I came to tell a few people this morning. If you cannot handle a middle school offense, you cannot handle a Ph.D. life. And God has a Ph.D. life for you, but you choose to stay in middle school. This is why for many of us, our gift seems greater than our experience. This is why it's like, why am I so talented and so gifted, but, but so underpaid? Why am I so talented and so gifted and unseen? Why am I so talented and gifted and not used? And sometimes that happens because you cannot be trusted with the authority that comes with God using you. Because authority is not a weapon you get to yield. It is a trust that God delivers to you. 
And it's not for you, it's for others. And so I want to talk to you real quickly about how to keep your heart clean in 2023. Because I think very often we come into a situation like this and preachers are like, you need to forgive. But we don't ever talk to you about how to forgive. It's like, you need to do this, but we don't give you the tools to help you do what we're telling you to do. And so you go home and you're like, I'm trying to forgive and I'm trying to forgive. And and what happens is you're trying to get your emotions to line up with what you were told to do. And if you wait for your emotions to line up with what you were told to do on a Sunday morning through God's word, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life to do what God told you to do. So let's talk about how to keep your heart clean in 2023. Number one, expect to be offended. Expect it. Ah, Luke 17 and 1, Jesus said this, he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible. If Jesus says something is impossible, believe him. (laughs) There is no such thing as a life without offense. And if you're looking for a life without offense, a marriage without offense, raising kids without offense, a job without offense, you are looking for something that doesn't exist. Jesus said offenses will come. It's impossible to avoid being offended. And I think very often we look at the Bible and we, we, we mismanage what God says to us and, and we think that the command is to live life being unoffended. I'm never going to get offended. And we try to be people that aren't offended. When the Bible doesn't say, you will not be offended. And I I think we are looking for this, and, and we feel guilty about it. And so we don't, even, we don't even properly manage it because we feel like we fail at it all the time. But the Bible never tells us, it never says don't be angry. It just says don't be angry in sin. The Bible never says don't have feelings. It just says don't use those feelings as a reason to sin. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by your feelings. The Bible's commands to us are not be emotionless. That's impossible. Jesus said it's impossible to live life without being offended. So you have to expect offense in 2023. You, and it, because if you don't expect it when it happens, you'll be shocked. You'll be like this, what in the world? <laughs> and with the thing that you don't believe is going to happen in your life, you don't prepare for it. And the reason so many of you are living in bitterness right now is because you weren't prepared for the offenses that were going to come. You got married and you thought marriage was a movie you watched. But all the movies you watch, they stop at the wedding. And there's a reason they stop at the wedding. Offense is going to come. If you don't expect it, you won't prepare for it. And, and can I tell you, this doesn't just happen because people don't expect offense. This happens also because people have an inaccurate expectation of others. They have this expectation that people will not offend them. And when they do, they are shocked that they acted like a person. They're shocked. It's like, how could they be so human? <laughs> it's amazing to me, isn't it? it, it it's, it's, it's so weird how it's like we, we enter into a lifelong relationship with someone and the, the expectation 
is that this person is going to meet all of my needs. This person is going to fulfill me in every way. This person is going to satisfy all of my desires. And can I tell you, your spouse was never created to fulfill you in every way. Your spouse was never created to satisfy all of your desires. The only one who can do that is God. And the reason you keep failing in your marriage is because you have, you have the wrong expectation of people. This is what you should expect from people in 2023. They will fail you. You're like, that's so negative. No, it's so true. They will. And if you don't expect it, then when it happens, you'll be shocked by it. Side note, in Luke 17 and 1, Jesus says there, he says, it's impossible that offenses won't come. He says, but woe to them through whom they Come. He says, it'd be better for you to have a millstone hung around, hung around your neck and to be thrown into the sea than to offend one of my little ones. He's basically talking about his kids, his kids in the faith. And I think some of us need to recognize that maybe the reason that we feel like we're drowning is because we are offending God's kids. Just want to throw that out that's not really in the sermon that was just like a side note because that's in the verse too first of all expect to be offended second of all stop looking for closure (laughs) I think we all want whatever it is a relationship a job whatever the situation is we want a proper burial of it You know, we want that moment where we can sit and we can look at it and say, yeah, it failed. We mourn it and everybody agrees that it's dead and we're like, okay, we're good. And we walk away. But most of life, God doesn't give you closure. Because again, most of life is spent around people who don't only do the wrong things to you and you do the wrong things to them but they don't always respond the right way and I think I think Deuteronomy 34 is a good lesson for us the Bible says there in Deuteronomy 34 that they never were able to discover where the body of Moses was buried and the reason I think that they were never able to discover that is because if Moses who was God's greatest servant up to that moment he He was their leader, the one they followed. If Moses would have been buried, his grave would have become a memorial. And they would have been unable to follow Joshua into their future because they would have arranged their lives around something or someone that was dead. And here's what you need in 2023. You don't need closure. You need a calling. For some of you, your future is calling you and you are still waiting on an apology. Your future is calling you and you are still waiting for answers. But I look at Jesus on the cross with blood streaming down his face and the nails still in his hands and feet saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And if you wait for the situation to be finished in your eyes, for them to apologize or for them to admit what they did or just at least acknowledge what they did, You could be creating a memorial around something that's already over and done in your life. 
and your future is calling you, but you're still waiting on somebody to say, I'm sorry. Luke 17, 3 through 5, Jesus says, If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. If they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the apostles said to him, they said, increase our faith. Why is faith necessary for forgiveness? Faith is important in forgiveness because you have to believe that despite what they did or said or what happened to you, God has the final say about your life. This is why this is this is where Joseph revealed how he saw the situation. Joseph said to them, he said, I know you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Even the way that sentence is put together is important. Because I think there are a lot of people living their life with the same words, just the sentence is constructed in, in a wrong way. In other words, I think what a lot of people live life saying is, you know, God had a plan for my life, but they... You know, God, God really wanted to bless me, but my boss kept hindering me. You know, uh, you know God really wanted to do something in my life, but my parents were never really... And the way that sentence is constructed is an indicator of how you see God. It's an indicator of the level of your faith. Joseph's faith, yes, he recognized what they did. See, it, to forgive someone, to, to move on, is to not ignore what they did. It's just to have faith that what God wants to do is greater than what they did. So he says, you meant it for evil, but God intended it for good. He could have said, you know, God wanted to do good in my life, but they kept being evil to me. And that's the way most of us live our lives, with the wrong perspective. We're like, you know, God wants to bless my life, but, you know, they just keep cursing my life. No, the way you construct that sentence is they curse me, but they can't stop me because God has blessed me. And I, I, I just want to see some people turn that sentence around in your life and your faith your faith rise to believe that it doesn't matter what they did or say or said to me or what happened to me because they cannot ultimately determine what ends up happening in my life. God does. I have to put more confidence in God's decision than their opinions. Jesus, Jesus would teach that he, he would say to them. They said, increase our faith. And so he goes to them in Luke 17. He says, he says, well, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea and it will obey you. It'll obey you. For many of us, this desire for vengeance is an indicator that we have a root of bitterness in our life. In one story, Jesus says, if you have faith, size of a mustard seed, then you could say to this mountain, be removed. In this one, he uses a tree. And I think in our minds, we would think a mountain is more difficult than a tree. But, but the reason God uses a tree when he's talking about forgiveness is because a mountain doesn't have roots. A tree does. And for some of you, this thing is so deep in your life, 
It's, it's, it's rooted in your life. And everything you are doing in life flows from that root. And so now this desire for vengeance is this is an indicator. Everything has to, and you're, you're, it's, it's not that you have this desire for justice. It's this desire for vengeance. Justice and vengeance are completely different. It's, you want an eye for an eye. You, you, want, you, you want because they hurt you. And, and this is the lie the enemy tells you, that if they hurt, you'll be healed. And so you can't get whole until they hurt. And if somebody else's pain brings you some level of comfort, you have a root of bitterness in your life that needs to be uprooted by faith. It's like, it's like I see people all the time. They're just running around fighting all of their enemies and haters and everybody that's ever said. And I'm like, Here, here's, here's the problem with you fighting all your fights. God can't fight for you if you are fighting for yourself. God will not deal with something you feel like you can take care of. Okay, so, so number one, I have to expect to be offended. Number two, I have to stop looking for closure. Number three, I have to stop waiting on my feelings to change. I have decided in 2023 that I am going to create the feelings that I want in my life. Because forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. And the things you feel are the consequences of the things you do. You don't stop a feeling with another feeling. In Genesis 45, the Bible said that Joseph, when he first kind of reveals himself to his brothers, the Bible says that he wept so loud that word got back to Pharaoh that Joseph lost it in front of his brothers. All of that pain, all of that rejection, all of that betrayal, even, even still the love, even still the, 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 the feelings of this is my family, all of that came to the surface in one moment. And you find Joseph not burying his feelings, but because he releases those feelings, he allows those feelings to be uprooted. And some, some of y'all, the reason those, those, that bitterness is rooted in your life is because you're trying not to feel. And in that moment, he weeps so loud that the people outside the room hear it. The people outside the palace hear it. The word gets all the way into the king. Everybody knows Joseph just had a cry moment. He just bawled like a baby. Some of us are just like we're trying to stop our feelings of pain by burying our feelings. You, you cannot bury your feelings. They must be uprooted. So stop waiting on feelings to change. Create feelings. Well, you know, that was just that moment. You know, Joseph just had a, a moment there in Genesis 45. No, again, in Genesis 50, the, the part we just read in Genesis chapter 50, verse 17, his brother's think that he's going to pay him back. And when he gets the message that they think that about him, he weeps again. He's feeling. Here's the thing about something even like gratitude. Feeling grateful is not the result of some emotional rush of energy 
that comes in from some weird thing on the outside. Feeling grateful is actually the result of acting with gratitude. Feeling kind is the result of doing something useful for others without expecting payment. Feeling brave is the act of doing something intimidating. The only, reason it, the only reason you're called brave for doing it is because there is some level of anxiety about doing it and you do it and after you do it, you don't feel brave doing it. Scared out of your mind doing it. The brave feeling comes after you do it. You do it and then you're like, okay, yo, all right. <laughs> so, so some of you are like, trying to create feelings without doing the thing that actually creates the feeling. And so no wonder you stay in your feelings because it was, it was like this yesterday. I, I woke up from a nap and I've, I've, I've made a decision about my health and about the gym and I woke up from a nap and I was tired and I, I'm just like laying in bed. And I'm like, man, I don't really feel like going to the gym, but I made a decision. Like my feelings the whole way, putting my shoes on, putting my clothes on, getting to the car, walking out the door, going to the gym. The whole thing was a mess of emotions. But once I got finished, I felt accomplished. I went back home. I was like, hey, girl, you know, I mean, you see, you see how that, you see how that moves different than it used to, to move? But I don't have the feeling of accomplishment sitting in my feelings eating Doritos. Right? And so the feeling you, look, you are looking for is on the other side of a feeling you don't like. And so you have to make up your mind in 2023. I'm not going to be led by my feelings. I'm going to be led by my decisions. Yeah. <laughs> You are not a victim of what you feel because you can create the feelings you want in your life if you'll stop making permanent decisions during temporary emotions. It's a funny thing about feelings. They want you to take the easy path and then they beat you up when you do. Let me give you this one last thought. John chapter 6. The Bible says Jesus is teaching and all of a sudden he's got all these people following him and he turns to them and he says something out of, kind of out of bounds. He looks at them and he says to them, hey, I know you guys have been following me and been doing miracles and feeding people. And he says, but unless you drink my blood and you eat my flesh, you have no part in me. And the Bible says that many were offended at him and walked away and they followed him no more. These people never got home and said, you know what, maybe we made a bad decision and they came back around. The Bible says they ceased following him. And Jesus says the reason that this happened is because there were those among those who were following him who he, he knew did not believe in him. That's why you have to be very careful because you can be a disciple of Jesus and not a believer in Jesus. And so every now and then, Jesus would separate the sheep from the goat. You're following me, but you don't believe me. Just because you come to church doesn't mean... Just because you listen to the words of Jesus, just because you read your Bible, doesn't mean you believe. 
Here's the test if you believe. If Jesus says something that offends you and you stay, then you believe. But if Jesus says something that offends you and you leave, you were never his to begin with. Oh, that's what people are like. How, how can a person be saved and just blatantly be committing sin? I would challenge you and say that person is not saved. They're not because the Bible says once a person has been born of the spirit, they, they no longer continue or practice sin. That's what John said. Doesn't mean they don't make mistakes and they don't sin. It says they don't make a practice of sin. In other words, they don't look at something God tells them to do and say, you know what, I'm offended by that. I'm going to choose to do my own thing. But I'm still going to show up to church and I'm still going to keep reading the word. You're a goat. You're not a sheep. Okay. That's pretty heavy for a Sunday morning. So they get offended and they, they leave him. Now, this story has always amazed me because I'm like, all y'all had to do was ask him. What do you mean by that? But there are some people in your life who are so intent on misunderstanding you. They don't want clarification. They just want a reason to make an accusation. They want to be able to leave and say, I, Jesus was telling us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. I knew he was weird. I knew he was crazy. But he, because humility asks questions. Humility asks for clarity. Arrogance just wants to make accusations. And Jesus wanted to clarify. He's like, you can't be this arrogant and follow me. He looks at him and he says, does this offend you? Wait till you see what I do next. He's like David with his wife when she's like, hey, you were acting all undignified out in the streets. He's like, this messes with your mind? I just, I'm just getting started. He's like, if this offends you, you... you you weren't mine to begin with. Oh, that's pretty heavy. And here's the thing about this, that if you're not careful, misunderstanding will make you offended at something you shouldn't even be offended at. I'm hurt. Why? By what you said. Well, what did I say? Well, you said this. And you're, uh, oh, I didn't mean that. Here, here's one thing I want to be very careful to do. This year, I want to be very careful to allow people to tell me what they meant. Because I don't want to walk away from some of the greatest relationships in my life because I misunderstood what they were saying. And some of y'all are walking away, not just, not just from friends, but from Jesus. Because of a misunderstanding. I, all you had to ask was, what did you mean by that? But they were so controlled by their emotions that they abandoned the greatest relationship of their life over something that could have been clarified if they would have just asked the question. Here's the thing I, I need you to understand. When a person is committed to misunderstanding you, when you don't give them what they want, they will respond to you like you harmed them. I would, I would, some people in your life, you're like, I would never mean that, but they want it to mean that because yeah. they're committed to misunderstanding. And you have to be careful. Not only do people treat you like that, but you treat people like that. Some of y'all political people, you are committed to misunderstanding everything the other side says. 
You're committed to it. And so now not only are you, are you misunderstanding what they say, now you have demonized. That's why we can't get anything done in our country because we're committed to miss. That's what politics is. It's a commitment from one side to misunderstand the other side for the rest of our lives so that nothing gets done and they take all of our money. That's what's happening. So Hebrews 12 says this. He says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. I want to say this to you before we close. This root of bitterness, he says, it defiles many. Sometimes your life is falling apart, not because you're bitter, but because someone who is bitter is leaking onto you. The other day we, we came in and we had a leak in one of these classrooms. One of the pipes had busted and it's leaking into the classroom and the ceiling tile is crumbling and falling apart. There was nothing wrong with the ceiling tile. It was just close to something that was leaking. And could it be that your life has fallen apart? Not because you're leaking, but because you're close to someone who's leaking. This is why bitterness is such a big deal. This is why you have to forgive. This is why, this is why you got to clean your heart. You got to start out with a clean slate in 2023. You got to forgive people. You got to forgive yourself. You got to be able to move forward because if not, that bitterness that's in your heart, it's not just going to affect you. It's going to leak onto your wife. It's going to leak onto your kids. It's going to leak onto your family. And there are going to be people in your life that their lives are hurt and harmed and even destroyed because of what's leaking out of you. So you got to ask yourself one of two things. Am I the one leaking or am I close to someone who is leaking? Do I find myself angry just because I'm around angry people? That's what the Bible says. It's like, don't, don't hang out with angry people. You will get angry. All of a sudden you'll find yourself like, yeah, I'm mad too. And you're like, why? I don't even know. He's mad. He's my bro. That's what's happening in our culture today. It's just a culture of outrage. Why are you mad? I don't even know. I guess that's what I'm supposed to be. That's what social media tells me to be. Tells me to be afraid. Tells me to be mad. Tells me to be offended. But I've made a decision. I'm going to expect offense to come. I'm going to stop being led by my emotions. I'm going to seek clarity from people. And the ones that I can't get it from, I'm just going to move on because if a person doesn't want to give me clarity on the situation then that person doesn't really belong in my in my life they don't if they don't love me enough to say this is what I meant then they don't really love me so if I ask for clarity and you don't give it that's that's an op- that's that's the opportunity for me to say okay this relationship is what it is I'm moving forward with my my life. So Father, in Jesus' name, will you stand on your feet with me today? God, we need your help. (laughs) Like the disciples said, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. James tells us, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers 
of the word because I don't benefit from a word that I don't apply. And so in 2023, help me to begin to apply the word. And as I apply the word, my feelings will adjust. My desires will change. My appetite will change. I'll start to want the right things and do the right things. So help us with that. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to make an opportunity on this first day of the year to speak to anyone who would want to give their life to Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling distant from God or you've never given your life to the Lord, we want to make this opportunity for you to say yes to God today. So if you're here and you say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I need forgiveness of my sins. Or maybe you've been away from God and you say, man, I just I want to come home. I want to make a decision to give God all that I have in 2023. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I just want you to throw your hand up in the air. One, two, three. Throw that hand up if that's you. Anybody? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I see you. Amen. Well, let's all pray this prayer with people who lifted their hands. Or maybe someone online is making that decision today as well. Let's pray this. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you gave your life for me. I give you my life. Take all of it. Have your way. Use it for your glory. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for loving me and saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's so awesome. Thank you for that today. I also want to mention that we're beginning next Sunday a time of prayer and fasting, 14 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, there are 14 prayer topics on here, so make sure you pick one of these cards up. Maybe you got one as you came in, and uh, you can join with us. If you got questions about fasting, there's information on the website. There's also information on this card, um, and then there will be prayer. Um, Every Monday through Thursday, the church will be open when the office is open, and then the first two days of each of each week while we're fasting and praying will be the church will be open from 6 to 7 p.m. So if you'd like more information about that or want to participate in that with us, we'd love for you to do that. You can grab one of these cars. You can check out the website. I love you. Happy New Year. See you soon.